Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas with Texas Homegrown Music. Time for a new show. Today I've got the 40 Acre Mule and I'm looking forward to getting to know these guys a little better. Uh, Isaiah Evans, a lead singer and guitar player and writes most of their music and along with uh, guitar friend John Pettigo, who I know from the radio station that I work for, that uh, he has a show on called The O's. They've both been involved in a lot of musical journeys in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but this one seems to be the one that's hit for them both, and I'm really excited to share their music with you today. So we're going to get right to it. Before we do, I'm going to do a song off one of my older records. This is a song called The Wrong Man, and uh, I'll just say this. I started out with The Wrong Man in my life, but I got smart. And I got the right one. I've been with them now for almost 30 years. So this is going to go out to all you women out there that uh, made a bad decision. It's not too late. It's never too late. (laughs) So I want to encourage you to remember that. And guys, step it up. If you're the wrong man, you better get right. We'll be right back after that with uh, 40 Acre Mule.
So we're back with the Texas Homegrown Music, and I've got the 40-acre mule in the house. Well, in their house. How are y'all doing? Great. Yeah, doing pretty well. Got Isaiah Evans, who's uh, the lead singer, and John Pedigo, who is the guitar player. And I'm assuming that you two guys are actually the main resource for writing and playing and recording because i looked at i looked at you john and of course i've i've, I've heard your name a lot because we we know a lot of the same people and i figured that uh, isaiah would want to bring you in because it seems like you're 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 pretty much a vital part of this whole unit i like to think that i i'm not here just you know blowing smoke I well, well you know, something other than just yeah you know, he's I, not I, here just for his good looks no so i'm gonna tell you so i you know in my band it's my husband and i we've been playing music together for 30 years and he's the guitar player he doesn't sing but he does write and play with me right and he always says you know um it should be the the george fuller band i mean we know that i'm actually the one that people come to hear because lyrics are just in the way until the guitar solos <laughs> so, right, right. i'm used to i'm used to giving homage to all you guitar players but shoot isaiah you play as well so you guys are just gonna have to fight that one out but um i'm i'm glad to have you guys on the show and um i'm excited about what you guys are doing and where you're going with this because you kind of have hit have hit a market that I don't think is getting hit as enough with this kind of rhythm and blues, soul, Southern rock kind of sound. And yet you throw yourselves out there in the Americana, you know, the Americana lane, which I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I hate that people try to pigeonhole uh, everybody into a style. I just think you're an artist. Well, it's kind of the, the catch 22 with Americana these days it's become kind of this umbrella for everything. Mm -hmm. um, Josh Fleming said it to me best. If you still play real instruments, they put you under Americana. Uh, well, there you go. That's kind of where we fall. And we, we kind of, we like that. We sound like Texas. We sound like rock and roll and rhythm and blues and soul and everything that is this part of the world. And um, if we land in Americana, we're just glad to be here glad to be at the party so well you definitely you definitely bring some energy to the stage that's for sure and um isaiah you certainly capture the room and uh and i i noticed that some that i i guess somebody tagged you with the big man um yeah, and, yeah. and I don't know if you know this, but um, there was another guy that got tagged with the big man by the name of Clarence Clemens. Did, are you familiar with who he very, is? Yeah, very. Um, I, I got into uh, some Springsteen and the E Street Band stuff uh, when I was a kid. And you saw Clarence Clemens in all those videos. And I was like, hey, that guy looks real cool. He's having fun. Um, I will I will take that compliment. Yeah, well, it's a huge compliment, and I can tell you from the heart, uh, Clarence and I played together for almost twenty years, and um, and he is a sweetheart of a guy. And if you have, if you're in anything, in any shape or form, going to be captured in the name of the big man after him, it's actually a. a very, very high honor. So, sure. great to have you on. So, Isaiah, I'm just going to start with you. Sure. I, you know, 
I don't know that much about you. I've heard you talk about Louisiana and I love that you tag that you believe your music sounds like Texas. So give me a little bit of a background on Isaiah, where you've come out of. I'm going to assume that somewhat in the church world, too. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, homegrown from Dallas, but spent a lot of time as a kid in uh, Louisiana and, and Vegas with family. Um, so there is some Louisiana you hear in the music, too. Um, grew up in the church like just about everybody down here is some kind of church in, um, and that shows up in the music as well. And um, I mean, you were in a in church school all the way through college. Yeah, bro. I you was. Know, like, yeah. <laughs> Until uh, they got got about sick of me, um, went to uh, some some private Christian schools and definitely got a fair share of uh, religion while I was uh, in school. And um, you know, music and church go hand in hand, and it's a big part of the the sound that we've developed. And and um, my uncle played piano at a at a. Methodist church. My brother played in churches and he does classical piano stuff too. And, um, mom sang in the church. We sang in the church choir. Everybody sang in the church choir and just something we, we did. And, and, uh, I think it's something that, especially if you're from anywhere in the South, you can kind of relate to that. So. Absolutely. What about you, John? Uh, I didn't have a, religious upbringing, so to speak. Uh, my parents were a little more loosey goosey. Um, my dad was one of those science folks. So, uh, what, you know, we kind of grew up by the skin of our own teeth, so to speak. Um, but I don't know, like, a, uh, growing up was a little different for me. I grew up on this street, this little street called Liar Lane here in Dallas. And, um, and everybody on that street that actually grew up there, seems to have either gone to jail <laughs> or is not no longer with us, unfortunately. And uh, we moved from that neighborhood in seventh grade. And um, I don't know. It was just. What part of Dallas was that? Uh, it's technically Lakewood. And then we I was going to say, because I lived in Lakewood. I remember seeing that street. I lived yeah. over in Lakewood for a while. Well, so, yeah, I grew up in Lakewood. And then we moved kind of further into Lakewood, uh, into the house my mom kind of grew up in. Um, but yeah, Liar Lane at the time in the, in the seventies, eighties, there's these big power lines that go behind Liar Lane that, uh, ultimately run down Williamson road. And, uh, there were, there's a lot of, a lot of speculation that the power lines were the negative force of energy <laughs> that caused such demise. Are you kidding me? <laughs> But I mean, we were idiots. We used to climb them and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, the rules were different back then. Hey, I. Listen, I used to. We used to ride our bike behind the mosquito sprayer. I mean, like, right. literally, yeah. and our eyes were bloodshot red. <laughs> we're yeah, we're yeah. riding through the smoke thinking it was cool, you know? I don't know how many of those kids are still alive. I know I'm, I'm, I'm here, but to tell the story of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the things that we did. <laughs> but um, so, John, what about your, but what about the music? Um, how, you know, what, what drove you to do music? I, um, I would say it's a, at this point in my life, it's more of a compulsion, but, um, I grew up, I went to a party. I remember in sixth grade 
and this uh, girl at this girl Lauren's house and her brother was there and he's like he gave me a, he, well we started listening to music and he's like do you like music and I was like sure I like Guns N' Roses like you know I mean I don't know I'm a, <laughs> doesn't everybody right <laughs> anyway uh, and then uh, he goes like you gotta hear this band it was the band it was the Pixies on one side and the Smiths on the other and uh, okay. that, from that day forth I was like oh my god the Pixies are the greatest band on earth which I still kind of uh, somewhat agree with like well you know it depends my i guess my taste is broadened but uh it was pretty uh illuminating so to speak to hear music recorded in such a way and and to be kind of so odd and weird and you know, i was like oh you can kind of be weird in music that's cool right um the older i get the more i want the story to make sense when i'm singing it <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know and then i was just like you can talk about whatever uh, which is kind of cool well there's still music out there like that and, and, and that we can all relate to but um when did you when did you pick up the guitar around then like in sixth grade okay maybe grade or something but yeah, I mean, I had listened to Guns N' Roses, and I thought, man, those, those, that band rules. Uh, this was before uh, User Illusions 1 and 2, um, <laughs> which wasn't bad, you know, it just wasn't Appetite for Destruction or Lies. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, around then is when I started playing guitar, and then as we all do, we start playing guitar, and then you, I don't know, fill other voids. I played drums for a while, and then back to guitar, and then... You know what I mean? You just kind of well, you're you're kind of you're a producer too, so there you know there's that's that's another whole avenue that, and we can we can touch on that in a minute. But so tell me how you guys got together because you yeah. Isaiah, you started this band. If I'm if I got my facts right, I think you guys started this band in 2015. Is that right? So like six right. years ago. Yeah, we um we started out and uh, at the time we had a a different guitar player. Um, and circumstances happen and people come in and out of bands and we found ourselves needing a guitar player and John was already starting to record us. Um, we had a great relationship with him and, uh, I was like, oh, man, I know who the guy is. It's going to be John Pettigo. Just, I don't know if he wants to do it. So I showed up, uh, at his doorstep with a bottle of Jameson and, uh, it was like, I was asking for a date. Like, Man, yeah. you're easy, dude. <laughs> um, and he was, yeah. 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 I was like, hey, man, you want to come, you want to come join the 40 acre mule? And um, it was important to get somebody that not only could just be an amazing guitar player, but was familiar with the sound we were moving towards and what we were trying to do. And could also be a, a, a producing an idea partner. Sure. And, and perfect fit yeah no win-win on your part for sure so john where were you um recording him at at the time uh the, the, well that first record we recorded at several different studios yeah. so depending on which iteration we had probably just recorded at tom bridwell's studio tomcast and we did half of okay. it there basically i think um i don't know the the original tunes probably you better run hat in hand um what else um bathroom walls bathroom yeah. walls would have yeah. been there and then and so that was the first kind of couple tunes and then he was like you want to play and i was like sure but you know i don't know i've been a banjo player in the o's for like 10 years so i was like this would be cool to do something play guitar again you know <laughs> um and 
so yeah, that's where kind of we were. And yeah, he did have whiskey and I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Well, I've heard you're easy, John. I just didn't realize it was just Jameson. <laughs> I mean, you know, a Miller Lite or two, maybe. <laughs> the Miller Lite, come on. <laughs> let's, let's up the game a little bit. At least Shiner or something. You know, no, yeah. something that, Shiner, that's fancy stuff. Sounds you know? like Texas. <laughs> come on, throw me a bone. Well, we're going to... um. We're going to play Brown Eyed Handsome Man because you guys are getting ready to release a video off of that, I think he said, in the middle of July. So let's go yeah. ahead and, and uh, throw that song out there. I really dig it. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about you guys. I, I already knew as soon as John was going to be on this that we were going to laugh a lot. So here we go. <laughs> He always brings the laughter. So you're listening to Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. I've got the 40-acre mule in here with John and Isaiah, and we'll be back in just a minute after we play the song, Brown-Eyed Handsome Man.
So we're back with the 40 Acre Mule, and I've got John Pedigo, who's a, the guitar player and uh, producer and, you know, laugh master. And if you guys, you know, if you if you want anything from him, if, I've heard it's just a bottle of Jameson and you can get what you need. <laughs> um, and I've got Isaiah Evans, who is the lead singer and um, the big man. And we, we talked a little bit about it before. You really do. Um, you really do command the audience. And I love that about you, Isaiah. It's, it's clearly this is what you were built to do and made to do. And I love it. I'm, I'm excited about your future. I really am. I think you guys got some stuff going on and this latest record. Um, the one that I've been listening to has got a, a lot of great songs on it. And, uh, some of the lyrics, I mean, I, I'd hate to be the, I, I hate to be the girl that you talked about on bathroom walls, and I, I hate to think. <laughs> and and I mean, some of your lyrics, I'm like, oh yes, no, don't write a song about me. It's going to be a little too poignant and too much information. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so tell me about that. I, I'm always interested and I know that my listeners are, too, on um, you, you know, the, the, your process of writing. Where do you, how do you feel it is for you? Is it is it a lot of what you live by or is it an idea that comes to you and you just kind of blow with it? And You know, it's it's all of the above. I like telling stories. Um, some of it's autobiographical and other parts you take some liberties and there are other stories you've heard about folks. Um, you know, it, it, I went through a phase, uh, about the time we were writing bathroom walls where I was making some pretty terrible, but fun life choices. And, um, <laughs> I was working. I'm not going to let my son hear this interview. <laughs> I am not. Um, I worked in the bar world and, and had a good time doing that for a while and, and uh, spent a little time out in West Texas and those experiences end up jotted down and, and turn into songs when they turn into songs and um, it's pretty organic. Um, I'll go, I, I know John writes too, you'll go through phases where you don't have a story to tell so you're not writing um, and then something will hit you and that's when you write someone else's story. As I said, that's when you start co-writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the perfect yeah. time for that. You're like, yeah. Man, I got nothing to say. Then you get with somebody else, and then you got something to say. Right. Well, that and or also you you observe. I mean, a lot of a lot of the songs that I've written that are that have been the most um, successful have been songs that I wrote about other people that I've observed yeah. what's going on in their life. You know, Absolutely. and, and of course I don't tell them who they are, but <laughs> and that's kind of depends on the song. That's kind of the part of the deal with being a songwriter is we're we are observing we're we're documenting these histories and stories and uh, it's the old you know the bards of old times and uh bards. you know you're right. just telling these stories and hopefully people like them and they're entertained and you move them one way or the other to laugh or to cry or relate in some kind of way or just have a good time well, you definitely got me immediately to the laughing. I haven't, and, and I would be crying if it was if those songs were written about me or if I was an ex. Because some of it, I mean, when you just, when you just come right out and say somebody's not good in bed, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm in a place now. <laughs> so, um, just so I can get a little personal, tell me about you guys. Are you married? You have kids? What what what's that like? Because I. You know, having done music and, you know, for almost four decades now and pretty much almost full time, 
I can tell you it's really hard on the family, but um, we've, we've been able to do it. And the reason why I've been able to do it is because I married a guy in my band. So it worked out that way. You know, that was convenient, right? That's a double-edged sword, I believe. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, For me, I'm I'm married, you know, we live here. I live in Lake Islands now. Um, But she kind of, I met her and she kind of knew definitely what she was getting into. And then I spent 10 solid years with the O's. We were on tour like constantly. So we were doing 150 to 200 shows a year. Most of those out of town. So, I mean, I've been doing this, I mean, since I was 18, basically that. And she knew what she was when she picked you up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're real lucky that way. Um, There's never been a moment where she's like, you gotta nip this you know <laughs> so and i know if she did i you know i'd, I'd acquiesce i so to speak um but uh you know like i'm in a pretty good situation but isaiah is same, same here you know uh married uh to someone i was friends with for a really long time and she knew what i she went was. to elementary school with his wife yeah they went to elementary school together no way oh my god and our wives are buddies so that helps out too um yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, we both lucked out in, in ending up with people that support what we do and want to see this succeed. Um, and it's really hard to do this without a home situation that isn't supportive. And b- been very, very lucky to be in a situation where our wives are like, yes, go get it. I think after a year and a half of pandemic, they just want us out of the house. <laughs> you know, they're just like, go, please go on tour. Please. So, you know, speaking of the pandemic, did it, how, how badly did it affect you guys? Cause uh, it sucked. Uh, we were, we were on a trajectory that was pretty solid before things shut down. Um, and then all the, we, we went and did some shows with old 97s and came back and then all of a sudden the world closed. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. we, we thought like everybody else, oh, okay, we'll be off the road for like a few weeks or something until they figure this out. And um, Yeah, I think it was first it was like, ah, oh, by June. Yeah. All right, by July. All right, yeah. by September. Yeah, October latest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, man. I, I mean, like everybody, I think everybody's trying to learn how to stream and everything. And that was, yeah. uh, as far as I'm concerned, a disaster. <laughs> if I could have anything back in my life, like time-wise, I would take this first six weeks of the quarantine trying to learn how to stream. But oh you, you did work out your stand-up comedy streaming routines. Yeah, I Those did. were pretty interesting. Look, I'll tell you what, though, guys. What it, what it really did, it personalized us to our audience because we all of a sudden were inviting them into our homes, into our bedrooms. And um, some people, I saw I saw some from the bathroom because the sound was better. You know? <laughs> Everybody was just trying to figure it out. And um, what had happened was once we did start opening up, which has been recent, I've got all these people that come up to me and they're telling me things. I'm like, Oh, how did you know that? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I saw it or you, you said something about it or I saw someone walk by. You know, you're just going, dang, I forgot, you know, that I let you into my world. I was to say the fourth <laughs> like, wall has evaporated. Like, exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. But um, uh, for me, and it's I don't know how you felt about it, John, I know that, you know, all of us were all of a sudden trying to figure out how we were going to do what we did outside of the studio. Even Um, for me, though, it opened up a lot of doors because I was able to get artists that I normally couldn't get because they couldn't get into the studio. So it 
forced me to learn how to do everything from you know, my place and I could go in and, and see people like I am right now getting to have you guys on the show and um, not having to, you know, work it out where you had to come to the studio. So for me, it was actually a plus. And plus it gave me time to write. How about you guys? Same. Um, we're working on a new record now that we had a chance to really write and kind of start fleshing out during the pandemic. Um, Cause you had time, you're, you're forced to sit down, take that time out, and think about the next record, think about arrangements, um, have those conversations, um, kind of make a plan for recording it and not be distracted by the road, um, which is an easy trap to fall into. Having that time to think about what's next uh, was great. It was one, I needed it for sure. Um, and it's paying off. So what's the biggest takeaway that you had for that year that we spent at home? I mean, um, if you're going to be in a pandemic, uh, be really sure you love the person that you're trapped in your house with. Um, <laughs> attorneys, man, they must be like <laughs> attorneys, like their tax return must be crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Like all of them. Like it doesn't matter what, what you're in. You're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. But I will say, uh, we're all assuming that the quarantine, the first six, four to six weeks, those didn't count though, right? That's not part of the work. I think that's fair. That's, it was amazing walking, you know, you hear like the, the guys going around doing recycling every uh, week and just the clankety clanks coming out. <laughs> like every, every trash can was full of cans and, and Amazon bottles. boxes. <laughs> and Amazon yeah. boxes. What a mess those first few weeks were. <laughs> Uh, fun, but a mess. Yeah. Well, um, I'm so glad that we're actually in a place where, you know, we're at, we see people now. <laughs> you know, we're we're not all mask bandits. You know, it's like George was saying at the very beginning. It's like I never thought I would live in a world where it was okay, you know, to go into a store with a mask on, you know, yeah. not get the police called on you. Yeah. So it was. It's really nice to actually be able to see people again. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but just a few little shows that we started out having, it's just crazy how they're coming out in masses because people are so ready to see live music again. It's incredible. We oh, yeah. we did a few out-of-town dates. We uh, were out with Old 97s for a couple of dates, and those crowds were amazing, just mm -hmm. excited and hung on everything we did and so welcoming. And it was a blast. And we needed that as much as they needed to see live music. We, we oh, needed yeah. too. So it, it was a good, good time. Well, um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I know that um, you got you guys got some shows coming up. So let me ask you this. What um, where what's the one show that you guys have had in the last few years that you thought where you you looked at one another and said, oh, my God, this is really going to work. We really got this thing happening. Uh, I, there was one specific show that we did. I remember thinking this is really going to work. I, I don't I mean, I have to think about when it was. But I feel like it wasn't like a show of note or something. I just remember thinking sonically we had locked in. I was like, OK. It was like an Andes and Denton or something. I remember going, okay, yeah, this um, all makes sense. Like we can actually, this will actually work. Just yeah. seeing people's faces turn. It's weird. So like you said, we played with like open up for 97s, like two, like it's two weeks ago, yeah. whatever. And, um, and we played first and then 
well, we did it two days in a row. The first night we played second and Josh Walker played first. And then we flipped when we went down to Austin and we played first, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, I got to see it because I played guitar with Josh that night. And like we played and I was just like, oh man, the crowd's great. There's people here. And I got to see them kind of get excited. And then Josh comes on and he kind of starts slow and he kind of build it up the same way. But I got to see it from two perspectives of like how, I don't know how a crowd can react and, and it still exists and it's all, I don't know, we're back in the moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's all, it all is, it is exciting again. And I still keep a mask in my pocket just because I don't know where I'm walking into. Right. And I don't want to get bad looks. Sure. No, I get it. What, what kind of situation right. are we in? You know, but like, I think we're not out of it yet, but I mean, we're damn close. No, no I get it. I, I, I know we're not out of it yet. And I don't want to, I don't want to assume that everybody that's listening to this is all maskless because they're not. And, the, and because this is also a podcast, it's listened to all over the world. And there are other countries that aren't, that aren't in the same situation yeah. that we are. We still got some places that are shut down. Yeah. And so I want to keep that in mind when I talk about it. But the reality is that we have to move forward and music is essential. It's not non-essential. I, I figured that out very early early because so many people were uh, my friends and and family were depressed that they weren't going out and listening to music because that was a big part of their life and it's it's it's, we kind of in a weird way benefited from the lockdown like a lot of artists folks had time to listen to music that maybe they hadn't had a chance to hear before so people were kind of forced to listen to things that had been suggested. And I watched like our streaming numbers go up and people went out and bought records and ordered records. And we saw our followers increase because people had a chance to sit down and listen to us or uh, somebody had told them about us. And um, it, it, it happened. It, they show up at the shows. Now that things are starting to lighten up, we're headed to California here in a little bit. And, that state just reopened and I'm starting to see messages from people out West. Hey, can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. So we get to go see a show, um, found you guys during the pandemic, excited about it. Um, you know, we, we're still trying to get every time we go out and play a show, we're trying to have a good time first. Um, and we went to green hall and played a show. And I remember looking around the guys and thinking, man, this is going to work. This sounds great. And we're, you're always going to be your own toughest critic, but that night, uh, that was a great time. We looked at each other like, man, we may have stumbled onto something and just keeping that going, keeping it rolling. That's all we can do now uh, that things are kind of coming back around. Green Hall's the best, though, isn't it? You get to eat the grist. Yeah, that's a, great, that's a great room. It's it's just a it's a cool, vibey room. You know, it's just it's one of those things where you bring it because there's nothing about the room. It's just a big, you yeah. know. Yeah, we did have a friend of ours make the waitress cry at Gristmill. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that gets brought up all the time because somehow, like, we had a big crew. We had like 15 of us all yeah. eating, and it was like. And then it comes down to like check splitting or something. I'm like, I gotta go play. Yeah, we're, like, <laughs> we're literally supposed to be on stage. Yeah, here's my meal ticket. Oh my he god, he figured it out. Well, it didn't help. Oh, no. Florida, the river a little bit before. Whoopsie, dude. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, um, we're running. <laughs> 
we're running out of time on this segment so i want to go ahead and play this song hat in hand and when we come back we'll talk about that poor girl you guys may cry i'm sure it's not the last time it's going to happen um so we're talking with the 40 acre mule i've got isaiah evans and john pedigo on the on with us today and we're going to play hat in hand we come back we're going to talk about some more things they've got coming out for us so you guys will be right back thought it'd be better if i was on a ride
with John Pettigrew and um, Isaiah Evans of the 40 Acre Mule. We're talking about you guys getting back out on the road. I, I hear you're going out to California, so that's exciting. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but I would love for you to go see these cats that I know pretty well um, called the uh, Vintage Trouble. And I know that they're out in California a lot. So if you're out there and you get a chance to go, check it out. Yeah, and uh, really and there's dope. there's a bunch of vibey little rooms there too. You should try to go to the baked potato if you get a chance. If you like to listen to some killer jazz, which I, it's probably not your gig, but let me just tell you, there's some players that show up all the time there, and it's one of those underground kind of places. So Where, hopefully you guys will have some time off. Pardon? That's in LA. Yeah, it's called the baked potato. I I I heard the first time I ever heard a guy that slapped bass like in a way that I couldn't even believe it was John Laboreal. Have you guys heard of him? No. Anyway, it's it's a killer place. So you guys check it out. Uh, and also Vintage Trouble because I, I think you'd really dig the lead singer in that band. Ty, yeah. you'd, you'd love you'd love his style, Isaiah. You kind of remind me of his his, his uh, at least the. The, the sound of your voice reminds me of them a lot. They, I've but, seen video. They're amazing. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of high energy, really fun. I think they played the Kessler a few times um, in the past. But I want to ask you about this whole Dear Jen song because, you know, I love the fact that you kind of did a little twist on the Dear John. How'd you come yeah. up with that? Um, well, that, that one is uh, a little autobiographical. Um the uh, in the old days, well, you know, so you know, it is about an, it is about yeah, it's not a bad breakup, and yeah. it's a song that a lot of people can identify with because everybody's had a bad breakup, and yeah. um, you know, you did have the dear John letters in the old days. You got a note if somebody was going to break up with you, you didn't do it by text, like or whatever. Oh, no, I was going to say now, my gosh, I can't yeah. stand it. Get it um, but we, you know, I. I wrote that song uh, about the the process of going through that and the feelings you have about being dumped and uh, having some drinks about it. And uh, people have, have related to that song and it didn't make the first record. So we wanted to release it as a single and went in and laid it down. And um, people seem to really like it because it's identifiable. Um, and yeah, I watched the video and I really liked it. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that to you. Yeah, it was it, that was a good that shooting that video was a good time at the Liquid Landing. Um, that is real whiskey pouring into that glass, and we did a few takes. So, and and one more thing. So, is there really a Josephine? Um, her name is not Josephine. Um, there was a time where I was splitting time between California and Texas, uh, and went on a couple of dates with a young lady and. Uh, I really did get into a little trouble for dancing with another young lady while we were out. Uh, and, and she bailed. I never saw her again. She, she left, uh, left me at the venue. That was our second date. And, uh, Oh my gosh, she left you. Oh yeah. She just, (laughs) she was gone. Well, that had to be more than just a little dance, dude. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how much the dating scene has changed because I've been out of it for a long time. But I don't. I, I'm thinking that maybe it might have been more than just oh, yeah. a little dance, yeah. you know, yeah. dancing in the dark. Yeah. It may have been a slow song. All right. <laughs> this is my last one, y'all. Thank y'all so much. Well, Joseph, please don't go away. 
So I had a really good time today. A lot of laughs with those guys, and I'm sure you guys heard it as well. They they both have really great senses of humor, and uh, especially John Pettigo, and, and the fact that they've known each other for such a long time, and and uh, and share this driven um, new music style for them. They've both been doing a lot of other projects, but I love that they're working together, and that they're going to be doing some shows with the uh, Ottoman Turks. So I'm going to close the show today with an Ottoman Turk song called Glass Bottles, which is one of my favorites. It's just a funny, vibey song um, that they actually they actually did at uh, TMR for, for a special show that we did to, to try to um, entice people to come out to the festival. And it was a lot of fun getting to know those cats. So I'm going to close again with Ottoman Turks. And if you guys are going to be in the area of, uh, let's see, they're going to be at the Mercury Lounge with um, 40 Acre Mule on July 31st this summer. And then on August 1st, they're going to be in Oklahoma City at Pony Boy. So if you guys can catch those shows, you won't be disappointed. Peace out, everybody. I hope you had a good time. Please be sure to come back and see me next week when I have a new show, new artists, and uh, and just enjoy local music, would you? It's really important that we get out and support these cats, especially when they're indie artists and they're counting on us to, to come out and see shows and buy their music. So peace out, everybody. Love life. Remember it. You get out of it what you put into it. And for me, I'm going to put a lot into this life because it's this one time around in this consciousness, and I want to make it count. See you soon. Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. Thanks again to Guitar Sanctuary and Tubbs Brewery for always making this possible.
Say hey.